I speak to you in the name of the living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I have to tell you before I get started. Oh, my battery is dead. So I'll change the batteries. I have to tell you before I get started that this parable kept me up this week. It's one that sat with me all week long. It stirred in my heart. And I think it's because this is a parable that I struggled with as a teenager because I was, it was talked about in a literal sense. It was talked about, um, I remember sitting at a campfire as a young teenage girl, and this parable was used as um, a way to bring people to Christ through fear. So I was told, you don't want to burn in hell and be one of those people that are begging for a cold drip of water. I mean, I'm going to believe in Jesus after that, aren't you? However, I think this parable is way more, and it's not even really about that. This parable shows us something about who God is. So Jesus loved to tell stories. The season of Pentecost is full of them. Some of them are fun and exciting. They make us feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. And then some of them, like the one today, Jesus goes from preaching to meddling. And a few verses right before our lesson this morning, we hear about how the Pharisees are money lovers. Jesus has to tell them that God has no use for wealth, status, and power. God cares about what is stored in our hearts. So, of course, Jesus must do what Jesus does best and give them a lesson using his ever-so-popular picture language, also known as a parable. At first glance, we might think to ourselves, now how clueless could that rich man be? He's just not paying attention to what's going on around him. Clueless? Maybe. Makes me think of the, women, the woman who said that her husband was clueless. Wives, are you with me? She shared that she and her husband were snuggled together one chilly evening on the couch, one on the one end and one on the other, and their feet were put up. They were all under, they were both under a blanket watching television. And during the commercial break, she says that he reached over and gave her foot a little squeeze. Oh, she said, that's so sweet. Actually, he admitted, I thought your foot was the remote control. (laughs) Being clueless doesn't really get us too far, does it, y'all? The rich man in today's parable may be clueless, and in fact, I think he is. But I also think that there's way more to this story. It's a story that speaks to us, a story that brings to life the divisions of Jesus's day. It also reveals the harsh reality that those divisions that were back then are still evident in the world that we live in today, which means we still have work to do, folks. 
Jesus tells us of two men, one rich and one poor, one on the inside of the gate of abundance, and one, and it was a gate that created division. It was a simple gate that separated him, the rich man on the inside, Lazarus on the outs. The rich man was so rich, this is where you say, how rich was he? The rich man was so rich, thank you, he was so rich that he was dressed in Gucci every day, even down to his underwear. He ate Ruth Chris for lunch. I don't know if they have lunch. I don't eat there very often. He uh, had Ruth Chris for lunch and Matthews just down in San Marco for dinner every night. Servants, food, booze, money. He had it all. The man was rich. And let's zoom in for a minute and place ourselves at the scene where we find this rich man standing a few feet away while the sun begins to drop from the sky. It's a hot late afternoon and suddenly we get a whiff of stinky poor Lazarus laying against the gate hoping for a morsel of food to feed his hungry belly. We even see a couple of dogs licking the oozing sores from his wounds. And then we see the rich man exit the gate. He was headed out for his after-dinner drinks. He turns to make sure that the gate is closed behind him as he practically steps over Lazarus as he walks out. Day after day, this is what you find. Jesus shows us the world of the haves and the have-nots, the world of the rich and the poor, the world of the comforted and that of the afflicted, two worlds divided by a gate. The truth is, we really don't have to picture ourselves in this parable that long ago because all we have to do is drive down San Jose Boulevard to see the rich man and Lazarus. We've all seen him. He lies on a pile of newspaper or cardboard, maybe covered by an old, dirty, rough blanket. The old Winn-Dixie shopping buggy is filled with all that he has in his life. It's parked next to him where he sits on the bench. Perhaps he has a dog with him for safety. Day in and day out, people walk past him or even step over him if he lays in a busy area. Maybe he even rattles a few coins in a tin or a cup asking for more money. Maybe he's on the side of the road with a cardboard sign saying, need help. He's everywhere. He's east, he's west, he's north, he's south. Every town, every city, he is there. And then those voices in our heads start. It's his own fault. He's chosen it. There are agencies that can help him. He should go and get a job. If we give him the money, he's only going to go buy booze or maybe even drugs. Stay away from him. He might hurt you. 
Sometimes the police will even move him on, exporting him somewhere else, exporting somebody else to take care of the problem. But he'll be back, and even if he isn't, there are a whole lot of others out there just like him. And just as Lazarus is invisible to the rich man, the many like Lazarus we see every day have become invisible to us. There is an invisible gate between us and them. We are divided. Just when we thought it couldn't be any worse in this parable, the two men die. The poor man was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham, and the rich man was buried, and he went to Hades. Did you notice it? Jesus tells us that the rich man's body was buried. Nothing was said about the poor man's body. Perhaps his body was thrown into the local garbage dump. No burial for him. Yet on the other side of this life, the eternal side, there is something else, and it all gets turned upside down. The one who was afflicted is now comforted, and the one who lived comfort, comfortably is now in agony. The division is now wider than ever. There is a great impassable chasm between the rich man and um, Lazarus. On the one side, Lazarus is in the arms of Abraham, nestled as a child nestles into the bosom of his mama, fed, safe, and warm. Finally, Lazarus has never had this experience before. But on the other side of this great chasm is the rich man, who this time he's being tormented in the low place, left to gaze hungrily. He looks up and he sees Lazarus in heaven with Father Abraham and he cries out for mercy. And how does he ask? He wants Lazarus to be sent from his place of comfort with a drop of water to cool the rich man's blazing tongue. Even in death, even in death, he saw and seeing Lazarus in heaven, he thinks that he's above Lazarus, that the poor man may be compelled to leave his reward and come to take care of him who walked over him every morning and every afternoon. This message is fatal. It's too late. The rich man has had his day. With some measure of sadness, Abraham indicates with the gulf between him, it's too late for the man. What was once a gate that separated them is now a great deep gulf. But the rich man, he isn't done. Lazarus could be sent to the rich man's brothers to warn them that there are consequences in being stingy. Go tell my brothers who are still alive, if you can't help me, help my family. Send Lazarus. But no, Abraham says, they have Moses. They have the prophets. They should listen to them. Well, no, that's just too easy. 
But maybe if you should send somebody who would rise from the dead, they'll really pay attention. Send somebody back from the dead. You see, they have already have the word of God through Moses and the prophets. They had what they needed to live faithfully. Moses gave them the most important word for their lives. Moses tells them, you shall love Adonai, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And God also gave them the Ten Commandments as a way of love so that they could flourish together as a community. And we even hear in Leviticus, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But the truth is, they will listen or they will not. They will respond or they will not. Same goes for us. We will listen or we won't. We'll respond, or we won't. We too have been given what we need to live faithfully. We have a guiding light in God's word to us. And and Paul tells us, for it is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. In fact, we hear in our very New Testament lesson this morning that the love of money is the root to all kinds of evil. Boy, howdy do we see that in our parable today. So what in the world are we to do? As Paul says, we can't set our hopes on wealth. They have to be set on God. We must do good, be rich in good works, generous and ready to share with others. Thankfully, Jesus tells us yet again a parable that shows us something about who God is. God is one who sees us, cares for the poor, and listens to our cries. God has given us all we need to flourish in this world. We are the ones who have created the divisions, who have put up the gates. Jesus was not the one who created the division. There was no gate between Jesus and others. There is no gate between Jesus and you. Jesus sees us and Jesus hears us. No one is invisible to the Lord of all. No one. Over and over, he reached out his arms of love, teaching and loving. Over and over, he teaches us what it looks like to love God and to love others. And yet, even more than 2,000 years later, we are still on that same struggle bus. But as we know, Jesus continues to pour his grace over us day after day. Today is no different. We get to be filled with his love and his grace as we come to the altar and reach out our arms across the rail to receive the nourishment and love that Jesus has for us. 
Once we do, once we are nourished, we get to go out and love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.